Now for somebody that's looking at buying an investment property, well, they may be thinking about all the things that they've looked for in their own personal house. But the things that they may be missing are, does this actually make a good rental? Right? Is the bathroom going to last five years? Or are you going to be replacing it every time a, a tenant comes through? Same thing with the kitchen or the doors or the windows. Do they meet the, the codes of the day for a rental property? Hey, investors, you are listening to the Investing to Win podcast, the show dedicated to empowering investors to achieve financial freedom and live your best life. This show is committed to offering honest conversation between investors, common sense strategies, real-time market updates, and professional guidance to achieving financial freedom. Investing doesn't have to be super hands-on or complicated. We are all about passive investments with real gain, so you have freedom of time and money. Your host is none other than Garrett Wong, who brings decades of experience in buying, renovating, and managing cash flow investment properties. Thanks for being here and get ready to invest to win. So you're purchasing a house. Do you get a home inspection? And if you do, do you put it as part of your conditions? And will you risk losing the house because there's multiple offers? What do you do? Well, I just finished a great episode with Renee Rowe, who owns a home inspection company here in Winnipeg, but they're a national chain. And we speak about the anatomy of a property inspection and why you should or shouldn't get one. It's really interesting. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, audience. My name is Garrett Wong, your host of the Investing to Win podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking about property inspections, and I'm very happy to have my guest, Renee Rowe. Renee, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Yeah, so before we get into property inspections, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about uh, yourself? What's your story and your background? Okay, well, it's, it's a bit of a long, winding road to get to where I am today, but uh, I, uh, I actually took the university route, um, went down the commerce degree path and decided that it just wasn't for me. And uh, I decided to make a 180 and jump into flipping houses. And that was sort of my introduction to properties. And I love learning. And what I did is I just started learning about properties and realized that I didn't know much. So over time, um, I started flipping homes and learning the hard way how to not do things. And eventually, the market just did not allow me to keep buying houses. And what ended up happening, I started a contracting company. And then you didn't have the luxury of learning on your own dime. So I had to learn fast. Um, I started uh, doing my own research with codes and, and things like that and pulling permits and hiring professionals and, and just gathered the database that I needed to be able to do this job. And it sort of led me to uh, building a home renovation company and eventually branching off into commercial uh, restaurants. Um, and I focused here in Winnipeg, you know, typically 50 to hundred seat restaurants. And a lot of them are still in, in operation today and love going to see them. But, uh, that's where I really acquired all of the knowledge that I sort of transferred over to, uh, home inspections. And it was just sort of a natural transition that eventually just happened. 
and uh, love what I do. So that's kind of in a nutshell the way that I I got wow. there. So it's it's not a not a straight path and not one that I ever planned for. You know what though? That's a straighter path than I've heard. I mean, well, you might my audience knows I have a medical research background and I'm in real estate, but you've been kind of in real estate your whole career in one way, shape, or form. So it's interesting. Without realizing it, yes. Okay. Right. Okay. So um, in the pre-show, we were discussing how long you've had the company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the company? I think you said seven years now? Yes. So I started in July of 2017. So I am now in my seventh year. Um, it's We're a national company. So I own a territory here in Winnipeg. Uh, we have a couple hundred inspectors across Canada. Uh, and we are governed by sort of Canadian standards, not just Winnipeg standards. So we, you know, we get training, we get help with, with different things um, throughout the process with them. Okay. Well, that's a good segue. Um, so why don't you tell us and explain what a property inspection is and what the main goals of an inspection would be? Okay. So... My role as a, as a property inspector is to do a non-invasive evaluation of a property inside and out. So what that means is that I will look at things, but I do not have the right to do any invasive testing, any dismantling, any removal of things to get any deeper than that. So we really look at the entire building as a whole and how it sort of works in relationship with all the different components of it. Okay. And who would your main customers be for something like this? I mean, I always joke that it's anybody that owns a house. Uh, the majority of our work does happen at during the transaction of a purchase of a house. So anytime that a client is either looking at putting an offer in or has an accepted offer with a condition, we tend to do the inspections for them. Okay, so I am a potential homeowner. I'm wanting to buy my first home. I have my realtor, found my dream home, and my realtor is probably going to suggest, hey, maybe get a property inspection. We'll put it in the condition subject to property inspection. Is that kind of what happens? Correct. So, and again, this is the traditional way of, of purchasing is that you put an offer in. The agent will actually put the conditions, so oftentimes financing and those sorts of things, but a home inspection can also be made a condition of purchase. So what that means is that you are given access to the house for a second time, and you can have anybody come in and look at it and give you advice on it. So that is when you have a conditional offer. Okay. Um but what happens when, like, walk me through a scenario like that, because I didn't quite understand that. So the first scenario is it's subject to a home inspection, and then the buyer, and I've done this, you sign off on that condition, you yeah. release the condition, and then the sale goes through. Yes. But you're talking about, what was the second part there? No, so essentially, the way it works is I come in, I do the inspection for the client, I give them the information, and based on that information, they can then decide to move on with the purchase or to walk away from the purchase. I see. So it, it just gives them an extra layer of due diligence, essentially. Okay. So this way they can 
have a, a, a second to think about it and to make a, a better decision. Okay. Now, I did sort of mention that that is the traditional model. Winnipeg has been on fire in terms of sales for the last four or five years. And that traditional model has sort of been thrown out the window. So what we've done is we've come up with more creative ways of delivering inspections when a condition cannot be added to your deal. Now, a, a client can always have us come out prior to them writing an inspection and having us look at the house. So that is always one of the options. Uh, the second option is to do what we call a pre-offer. So prior to writing the offer, we can come in on a, a more limited basis. So it's a much shorter inspection. And the reason that we've created those is to essentially reduce the cost to the client. And we go in with them and we do what, what's called a consultation. So there's no report written. We just, we give them the facts verbally. And the reason that we do it that way is to cut the cost down because for a lot of clients today, they're potentially writing four or five offers before they finally get one that's accepted. So if you can imagine having four or five insp full inspections done, that the, the cost can definitely get up there. And during the height of the craziness here in Winnipeg, I mean, I had clients that would do 15, 16 pre-offers. Right. If they would have done full inspections every time, I mean, that could have been six, $7,000 worth of, of inspecting that really have zero value. Yeah. So. No, and that's before you even know that your offer is going to be accepted. Correct. Right? Uh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it's been it's been cr pretty crazy here for those of uh, mm -hmm. our audience that are out of province. You know, we've had years and years of, of great sales, but, you know, very common to have bidding wars on a lot of the that middle, you know, popular uh, range of, of sales. So um, so you'll actually go through and do a more informal inspection that will allow somebody to make a decision even before they want to go through the heartache of putting an offer in. That That is very efficient. Yeah, and it really, most people have a few things that they're worried about. Right. Maybe it's the foundation. Maybe it's the electrical. You know, there's certain ages of houses or types of houses or location for houses that have certain problems that tend to come up all the time. So for a client to go in and say, I'm, I'm prepared to go in somewhat blind, but these major key points, I want to have an expert look at them. That's the benefit of our pre-offer inspection. Uh, the beauty of what we do is that we can create any inspection that is necessary. If somebody wants to have something very specific, we can tailor it for anybody's needs and wants. Okay. Why don't you uh, walk us through a typical property inspection though, like the full one, what areas of the home or property do you focus on? Like what are the most common issues you might encounter? So a standard full inspection essentially is the entire house. You know, we will always start on the outside we look at the foundation from the outside. We look at how the, the house itself sits, you know, any visible cracks. You know, a lot of people, they'll ask us questions about very specific things. And we sort of walk them further back and show them the entire picture. Because a crack is just a crack without the entire picture. So what happens is we want to look at all those things together. 
and then start to inform our clients. You know, a crack on a foundation doesn't mean you have a bad foundation. A crack on the foundation means you have a crack on the foundation. But when we start to put the rest of the pieces together and draw the entire picture, it may be a foundation that needs repairs, or it could be just a foundation that is normal here in Winnipeg. So as we're going through the entire house, right, obviously all the structural components, we want to make sure that those are looked at. And even when you can't see them, we can see them because the foundation doesn't crack only below grade. It will crack all the way through the foundation when we will see some of it above grade. Um, you know, if the structure is compromised behind drywall, drywall is just not strong enough to maintain structure. So it will crack. Plumbing that leaks, it's going to show up. There's always signs. We are trained to look at them properly to evaluate essentially whether it's a problem or not, or it used to be a problem that's been repaired. So, you know, once we get through structural mechanicals, and mechanicals include all plumbing, electrical, furnace, hot water tank, air conditioning, the appliances in the house, right? Light switches, all those sorts of components. That's a major part of the inspection. And those are the ones that most people are really concerned about. We also get into the superficials, right? The doors close. Well, if they don't, there might be a reason for it. And just having an explanation as to why it's happened is good enough for most people because everything can be fixed. And then, right, we look at, do bedrooms qualify? Are the windows big enough? Are the doors, you know, qualifying to be a bedroom? Is there, is there the requirements that the city has put in place so that you're safe, it's a healthy environment, those sorts of aspects too. Probably so, even the age of components too, because to the uninitiated, like again, I talk about a first-time home buyer, they don't know how old anything is in there or what's been hidden or painted over, you know, yeah. so you can identify that for them. And absolutely. And it, that those are actually, I mean, I do it so often, I don't even think about it, but those are part of our standards of practice. So a home inspector has to follow. There are two tracks that they can follow. Uh, we follow the ones that are uh, set out by InterNACHI. So the International uh, Association of Certified Home Inspectors, they're a international organization. We need to use that organization because they are approved across Canada. And here in Manitoba, we may not need licensing and, and certifications and things like that, but there are a lot of provinces that do. And because we are a national company, we get trained to operate everywhere in Canada. So I, I qualify in every province to do home inspections. Okay, let's let's dig into that a little bit and unpack that because um, I mean I've I've born and raised in Manitoba. I've been in real estate for twenty five years, and I've heard that property inspections are it used to be unregulated. So is it regulated now? Or I mean, because now I'm hearing about this national licensing body. Or I mean, explain it to us how that works, maybe at the Manitoba level first. Okay, so. There are a lot of segmented organizations that really don't overlap each other. There's really no system in place. So in Canada, there is no requirements. In Manitoba, there are no requirements. To be a home inspector. To be a home inspector. Now, 
the or the Winnipeg and Manitoba real estate boards have sort of put guidelines in place that state that any home inspector should at least be part of an association and have insurance. So those are the bare minimums. Pretty loose. Extremely loose. <laughs> so you can go to Internachi, you could go to CAPI. So CAPI is the Canadian Association of Certified Home Inspectors. Um, there's a few other smaller associations that I, I've never dealt with. Uh, but again, it's just somebody that sort of educates you. Because as a, as a home inspector, we get trained and things keep changing, right? A house that was built 10 years ago is not built the same way today. So those things are constantly being educated back to us through training and, and things like that. And some associations are better. And the one that we deal with actually qualifies right across Canada. Now, licensing has been a hot topic in the real estate or industry for probably 25 years. Um, there's, you know, every province has their own um real estate board that make their own decisions uh, across Canada. There's only two. So British Columbia and Alberta are the only two licensed provinces in Canada. Ontario has legislation in front of their governing board, but they're a ways away. The Maritimes are talking about it. Uh, Saskatchewan has even opened up the dialogue which is not much, but it's, it's more than what Manitoba has. So Manitoba has outright refused to look at this and they have for years. Uh, we've been advocating for it for a number of years now because we do still come across inspectors that are not properly educated, not properly licensed, uh, really give our, our industry a really bad name. So it's something that we're definitely pushing for. Uh, we're, qualified to be licensed, even though there is no licensing board here. Uh, and really the biggest thing is that there's going to be sort of checks and balances. I could not be licensed without a bond. I cannot be licensed without insurance. And I cannot be licensed without keeping my accreditation up to date. So it would get rid of the, what we call chucking a truck, <laughs> or the, you know, the guys that really, they may have some knowledge, but they don't understand the process and what they're actually, they're, what they're trying to deliver in an inspection. Yeah, that surprises me that there's no licensing here or that there's been resistance because, as you know, being in real estate, I was a realtor for a few years. I mean, Securities Commission here, I mean, the cons they, want, they don't want consumers to be hurt. And with a subpar inspection that misses something, then somebody's going to get hurt. They're buying hundreds of thousands of dollars of assets and somebody, you know, that they maybe should have not purchased. So, yes. So in, in BC and Alberta, they're licensed. What types of things do they have to do in order to get licensed over there? So they, they have to provide proof of insurance. They also have to provide uh, proof that their education credits are kept up to date. So we have to do 60 credit hours a year of continuing education in our field. 
Um, and these are courses that are offered in different places, but you know, we typically use Internachi. Um, Carson Dunlop's another one. They're an educator out of Toronto. They sort of invented the home inspection. So they are the premium inspection company okay. in Canada, which we have an association with. So those are the things that require, just like a, a real estate agent needs to make sure that their license and, and insurance and all that are kept up to date to stay a realtor. So that's sort of the difference out there. Uh, BC has introduced even more rules that make it more difficult. Um, their education process, they've actually, they've turned it into a much longer process. So you can't get your license in three months if you want to. You have to take the full year to do it. Uh, when I took my licensing or my, my education components, um, I was able to finish it in 11 days because I had the background and, you know, I've, I've spent time at university and I understand how to take a test. Mm -hmm. So it really wasn't a difficult process for me to go through that. You know, the average is probably taken about three months to do the, the education components. Uh, today now, like I said, BC has definitely, they've stretched that out where you cannot just take the test. You have to go through the training part too. And Alberta has introduced a new component in Edmonton that inspectors cannot go in by themselves anymore. They need two inspectors, right? They're, they're definitely putting more things in place to try to eliminate the risk and the potential for missing things. Um, and again, Manitoba just is, is far behind in terms of, of protecting the consumer. But again, you're saying because Buyer's Choice is a national company and they're, I'm assuming, licensed in those two provinces, you you guys just have the same education components regardless where you're operating. Correct. That's just the standard. So okay. we, we have developed a standard that meets every criteria right across the board in every province in Canada. And I, don't, I really don't think it's a bad thing, right? I may not require it, but it's not going to hurt me in, in what I do. If anything, okay. it's going to help in our process. All right. So let's uh, let's move on then. That's that's very very, yeah, enlightening to me. But uh, I want to speak to you about risk mitigation because I think for people who are listening to this podcast, they're going to be of one of two camps, right? Oh, I'm experienced. I can see with my own eyes. Bought a ton of properties. I know I haven't yet. You know, I engaged you to look at my latest um, development there. What can you speak to a potential homeowner, what are the risks of not having a property inspection? Well, I mean, I'll use my own experience. I, I am a, you know, I'm an inspector. I was a contractor before. The last house that I purchased was prior to me doing the inspections, but I did my own thorough inspection or so I thought. And the day I moved in, nothing was major, right? My foundation was in great shape. My my electrical, my plumbing, those sorts of things, but none of my doors closed. Half of my windows had major problems that they were just things that you don't think about because you're too busy looking at, can the couch fit there? And, you know, that's sort of the average purchaser. Now for somebody that's looking at buying an investment property, well, they may be thinking about all the things that they've looked for in their own personal house, 
But the things that they may be missing are, does this actually make a good rental, right? Is the bathroom going to last five years or are you going to be replacing it every time a, a tenant comes through? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the kitchen or the doors or the windows. Do they meet the, the codes of the day for a rental property? Right? A lot of people own houses that they go, well, it met code when I bought it. Code, the codes must still be the same. And the problem is when you're talking about a rental, the gray areas that home purchase have are gone, right? You have to have current smoke detectors. You have to have egress windows. You have to have safety and health and, you know, the well-being of the tenants front and center. And those are not always things that everybody thinks about. So we have our standard for an inspection, but they're always modified for the individual. When I have somebody that's more concerned about something, my inspection will change to address that. When we do uh, rental properties, uh, duplexes, triplexes, apartment blocks, like we look at things a little differently for them and help educate them to sort of move forward with that. Did you know that there is a big difference between investing in real estate and becoming a real estate investor? People become real estate investors all the time. They get into a flip or conversion project or even dealing with long-term tenants. And they come back to us to tell us the same thing. It's like having another full-time job. I don't know about you, but that's not what we call investing. Investing in real estate is about having your money work for you in a way that is passive, consistent, most importantly, hands-off. So which one are you? Do you want to be a real estate investor or do you want to invest in real estate? For those that are open to investing in real estate and having your money work for you, listen up. Garrett Wong has spent decades helping thousands of property owners navigate the ins and outs of property investing and management through his award-winning company, Upper Edge Property Management. Their new division, Upper Edge Capital, is currently involved in multiple projects from single-family flips to multifamily development. Are you looking for a healthy return on your invested capital or perhaps becoming a joint venture partner? If so, go to www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest to book a time to speak with Garrett and his team to see if there is a fit. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com forward slash invest. Now back to the show. And that's really going to be the, the biggest thing of why an inspection would be beneficial. And I've had some experienced inspe- or, uh, inspir- experienced investors that have sort of said, you know what, I really didn't think I needed this. My agent really pushed me to, to get one. And after they went, I, I get it now. Like we see 2000 inspections a year. We go through 2000 properties. We're a team of, of four inspectors here in Winnipeg. And we get to see everything. And sometimes we get to see them multiple times. So we have the benefit of consulting with each other and talking about certain things from very different viewpoints that are done maybe at different times and with different clients. And we will get different results every time. And that is the experience that you're really buying when you're getting an an inspection. Okay. But for Somebody, again, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I've heard this. Well, you know what? The house is only a couple couple years old. Why do I need a home inspection, right? What would you say to that? I mean, have you seen any examples where this is 
you know, home inspection on a newer house, you found something that saved somebody some money. So I know this is radio or, you know, it's there, there's no video. So you, you didn't see me chuckle. Um, some of the worst houses that I go through can be brand new houses, even prior to delivery. Um, you know, we, we've had minor things where, you know, maybe the doors and the windows and things like that were not hundred percent installed correctly and they need to do minor tweaks to them. But we've had houses that the structure was incorrect and you go, well, how can that actually happen? The city inspectors that go through a house do not have the time to look at every component. So they're there to make sure that whoever's building the house knows that there will at least be a second pair of eyes on certain things. These are professionals. They should be following best practices. And the assumption is that things are being built to those standards. The reality, and we just went through a period of time where COVID essentially grounded everything. It grounded inspections. It grounded all the, 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 the oversight that the building industry typically went through. And we are, I would say that the amount of inspections we are doing on new houses is 10 to 15 times more this year than we have in the last seven years. But again, you would say, well, the city has their inspections, right? They're coming in. I mean, why would somebody need another inspection? Because those things are missed. So I've... You know, sometimes things can be changed after the fact, after the inspection happened. Uh, We had one situation where they moved the laundry from the basement to the second floor, but the drains never had venting installed. Well, to the average person, they may not realize what that venting is going to have, what kind of effect it's going to have on the plumbing system. A plumber may understand that, but the average even contractor that might be a specialist in other fields may not understand what's the big deal if there's a vent missing. We had a situation where the house, they moved in two months in, all their flooring is spreading apart. So they're going, well, it must be bad flooring. But the reality is the structure wasn't done correctly. So a joist needs to have bridging, needs to have cross bracing at so many intervals to prevent the floor from bouncing. And with today's products, if you don't meet the minimum standards, those sorts of things can happen. And now a floor that may cost you 10 or $15 a square foot to install has to be redone and redone and redone. Well, there's a significant cost that if you would have caught at the beginning under the new home, the new home warranty, you would have been able to have the builder fix the problem for free. Mm -hmm. So there's, I always say, you know, a house is built by humans and humans make errors. And inspectors can miss things. And I'm not going to say that I'm any better than any other human out there. There is always the potential for something to be missed. We do have a process that should eliminate that, but we're still looking at things that are human built and there are always the potential for things to go wrong. Um, There's always things that we can maybe predict that may go wrong if it's not addressed. And a lot of times those are not going to be caught by the city inspector because that's not their job. 
they want to make sure that it just meets whatever standard at that moment. Right. So for us to go into a new build, you know, we're, there's a few different things that it'll benefit the client, right? That the, the person moving in. And one of them is, is going to be understanding how to use that house. I, I often make the comment to my clients that some of the worst houses in the city of Winnipeg are 10 year old houses because the average consumer is sold a maintenance free house. And there is no such thing as a maintenance free house. So just imagine filters haven't been changed in 10 years. Uh, grading hasn't, be, hasn't been addressed since brand new. And we all know that grading doesn't stay the same here in Winnipeg for very long. But introduce a house into a big hole and then backfill it, it will naturally settle faster in that first five-year period than anywhere else in the city. So those are things that we can remind clients that this is not a maintenance-free house. This is a house that has maybe different sets of maintenance that you maybe haven't experienced in an older house. Most houses didn't have HRVs until four or five years ago. So maintaining those things. I often get questions. I've had people ask, you know, my, my gas fireplace, I can smell gas in my house. And everybody comes in. They have a, an expert come in and look at the furnace and the, or the, the gas fireplace and they can't find a problem. And the first thing I'll tell them is go out to your intake on your HRV. Is it blocked full of debris? If it is, well, of course, you're creating negative pressure in the house. Things need to be in balance. So what happens is you're going to draw air from anywhere you can. And that'll include the fireplace where there's an active pilot light on some and it can be drawing that into the house. So you may be doing something to your house that you don't even realize is detrimental to your health. Okay. So yes, ideally we'd love to leave every brand new house and say, I, I'm sorry I took your money, but that doesn't happen very often. Most yeah. see the value. Yeah, I know I could see that. I mean, I, I've been through enough new houses and like you said, they're built by humans. There are shortcuts, there are good contractors, there are bad contractors. It's going to happen. So it's good that there is a safety net there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what a report looks like. What's the anatomy of report? What are you giving the client on a full inspection? So luckily, we deal with uh, a buyer's choice is definitely a company that's on the leading edge. So we look at technology as one of the things. I mean, we're starting to explore AI to help us with reporting and things like that. Um, we, so our process really is as we're walking through the house, collecting the data, we take pictures for the clients. You know, we can highlight areas, we can circle them, we can put arrows towards them so that we can clearly define what it is that we're talking about. We can add text on top of the picture to help explain the picture. And then we also have comments that we put in. So we will tell you what the problem is, how to fix it, and who to call. Right? If you've got an electrical problem, well, it's sort of self-explanatory that you would call an, uh, an electrician. But if you are talking about a, you know, a, a water issue in the basement, there's two very different tracks you can take. You could be calling a foundation expert or you could be calling a grading company. Depending on what it is that's causing the problem, you know, we can give direction with that. 
so that you're not just calling anybody. And I've had some clients, unfortunately, make the mistake of calling the wrong contractor. Contracting, they're in the business of selling work. So, you know, a foundation company will want to sell a foundation repair. They're not going to do a grading job. So oftentimes what can happen is it's the wrong trade that comes in to fix the problem. And it can be very expensive and not really beneficial or you won't get the value of what you're paying for. And I've had a house like that where there was a large foundation quote given in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and the house needed that the pressure relief from the interior walls of the basement so that the basement walls were picking up the house. But the first assessment was the basement foundation is sinking. So one is a $30,000 repair. The other one's a $120,000 repair. That's a big difference. And it's a, it's one that if you pick the wrong one, you may not know that you overpaid for your repair, but if you can save that money, why not get a little bit of a little bit of a second look before you make those decisions? And right? that's all in your reports. That'll be stuff that we will talk about in our reports. Uh, we can also do the consultation with clients when it comes to that so that there may not be a report, but we'll talk about it mm-hmm. and help give them some direction because I will not do the work. I don't own a contracting company anymore. I will give you my honest opinion that is not affected by a payday down the road, right? Contractors, unfortunately, and I was there, right? I need work. I need to keep my guys busy. So, and I know one thing, I know what I'm specialized in. So that's what I'm going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes jobs can be done that are not necessary. Okay. Uh, how many pages would a typical inspection be? So we're anywhere from 50 to 75 pages. Okay. And again, I mean that the bulk of our inspection is, is going to be pictures. I mean, everybody loves reading a picture book. Yeah. Right. They understand it a little bit better. So our reporting has a lot of pictures. It has a lot of um, notes and things like that, that we add in. Um, even our comments are color coded. We have a summary page, right? So you can look at the first page and here's all the big stuff. Uh, and it'll have all our comments in there. The pictures also make it in there. So it just, we call it the, the honeydew list, right? It's the list that you're going to have and you can start checking off the stuff off the list. And that's really what the report's going to have is, is it's your roadmap when you move in. It's going to have maintenance tips. It's going to have reminders, things like that, because homeowners just aren't always thinking about everything they have to do with the house. So that is our typical report. And again, it's all done digitally. We are a paperless company. So we collect the data on computer, tablets, phones, things like that. We produce a PDF. It gets emailed out. Um, Our whole process is streamlined and, and as high tech as we can make it. I was actually going to ask you about technology because you've been in this for seven years. Um, Even AI in the last year and a half has taken off, but what technology have you seen in your career in property inspections that have come in and how has it made a difference? I would say, so technology has always been there. Like we've had the toys. I always refer them to the toys because it's a great way to help explain things to clients. They actually do not 
change how we inspect things. So we're looking for visual cues. And once we find them, that's when the tools come in, right? Moisture meters, we can touch the spot and we can tell you the, the humidity level inside of a wall. We use thermal imaging cameras. Those are part of every one of our inspections. Um, you know, it's not an extra thing anymore. It's not a, a specialty tool. It's just, it's part of our inspection. But again, it's, it's used more to help explain things. Um, you know, testers and, and things like that for electrical, uh, you know, we do carry scope cameras, things like that. But again, we're limited to how far we can take things. Um, CO detectors, you know, we, we have one on our belts. We actually, this is a, we've all had testers, but the problem is you have to know that you need to test. The problem is CO is not a, you can't smell it. You can't right. taste it. So we've actually just purchased CO detectors that the fire departments use. They're just on our belts. And if we walk in and there's CO in the house, they go off. So the technology is there. It, it, to me, it makes for a, a funner inspection. It's, it's going to help explain things a little bit better, right? There, those are the tools that, that help us make the inspection experience maybe a little bit better. The reality is you can do an inspection with zero tools and you would not miss a thing. So technology, eventually we won't need to be there, right? Houses can be fully scanned and we're just going to interpret the data. That That is eventually where we're going to go. We're not anywhere near that yet. Um, you know, we keep looking at the market to see when this technology eventually is going to be something that we adopt. But it is still one of those things that you have to interpret. Like, just need to get eyes on the product. Yeah. And again, I, I, I try to remind clients and agents about this because sometimes we've done an inspection with them and we found a, a foundation problem and we've explained this crack. And then the next house, they see a crack and, you know, we all, we, we classify them as horizontal or vertical cracks and explain them. So the next house they go in, they see a horizontal or a vertical crack and they apply that the same talk track that we used on the previous house to this house and walk away because they, they just assume that they're all the same. And the reality is they're not. And that's the tricky part about what we do is again, it's all the pieces that get put together in the puzzle to get the full picture. And luckily we do get to see a lot of the houses in Winnipeg. And I've had conversations with clients after, and they've told me about a house that I've looked at for someone else. And they said they passed on it because of that crack. And I said, well, you know, let's talk about that crack. And oftentimes they don't realize that it would have been a crack that really wasn't a big deal. And sometimes it's the opposite, right? We've looked at something, we've sort of said it's not a big deal. So they go to the next one and they do it without an inspection. And then we go in and look at it because they start to have problems. And again, when the whole picture is painted, it's a very different outcome every time. Okay, so you need eyes on, you need the experience to interpret what you're seeing. And then of course you as the business owner have to pass that onto your staff so that they can do the same thing. Yes. Um, 
So with that said, then, I mean, you know, real estate construction, I mean, there's tons of stuff continually evolving. I mean, I had a guy on uh, two, three weeks ago talking about 3D concrete printing. I mean, it's crazy, right? There's constant innovation with all those building materials, techniques that are emerging. How do you stay updated to ensure that your inspections are going to be also picking up these things? So typically it's going to be because I've seen it, right? Um, a house and in Winnipeg, it's a little bit easier just because the industry is just so adverse to new ideas. But a concrete foundation has been poured the same way since the 50s. And you leave the city and all of a sudden you have things like ICF forms. Well, the first ICF form that I ever looked at, I did my homework, right? There's available information out there. The manufacturers have all sorts of, of uh, information on that stuff. We are constantly evolving. But again, one of the other components that we're forced to do is the education components through Internachi. They have topics on that, right? A furnace from 30, 40 years ago is not the furnace we're getting in houses today. Heat pumps. That's the latest talk right now about, you know, how to heat our houses and we just need to stay ahead of it. And luckily we get to hear about it sort of as it gets introduced into the markets. Um, and like I said, because we're a national company, we do get together nationally. We do have uh, Zoom meetings and things like that. We do collaborate amongst each other. Anything new we have a Facebook page that we post and we all get to talk about. And because we have, you know, more progressive provinces than Manitoba, we're fortunate enough to get the benefit from that. They're sort of tackling that before we have to. So we get educated on it before. But there is still a responsibility from our side to ensure that we stay current. And it's an ever-changing things. Codes can change multiple times throughout a year. Now, we are not code inspectors. We do not enforce codes in our inspection, but all of my guys know the codes. I know the codes because it helps us be better inspectors. We don't talk about it the way that an inspect, like a code inspector would for the city of Winnipeg. I don't go in and say your plug doesn't meet code whatever, but we can talk about it because there are things that we just, we have to know. So it is one of those things that I've, I've always been really good at retaining the most useless facts. I'm really good at trivial pursuit. And the code book is one of those useless facts. My wife thinks they're useless anyways, uh, that I've been able to retain. And, and I impart that onto my guys and, and we have daily conversations. I want to know, right? I know what, inspections they're doing. I know the houses I've had agents call me about them and I may pop in and go see, cause there's something new or I may bring one of them with me because there's something new. And it's always about learning more about what we do. It's a craft just like any other that needs perfectioning, right? We're going to, we have to read, we have to do research. We have to go into these places and the more we do, the better off we are. No, I love it. I mean, my industry, I think any industry, if you're not learning, what are you doing? Right. I mean, things yeah. are, you're going to get left behind. Um, 
Some final advice then for our listeners who are kind of on the fence about getting a property inspection, what piece of advice would you give them regarding its importance in the home buying process? Well, I mean, on the home side, it's really, you know, technology moves at such a fast pace that you may be buying a perfect house today, but that will not stay the case, right? You're, you're eventually going to have to learn how it reacts to all the different things, how to use the components within the house. So at a minimum, you're just going to get a really good education on the house you're purchasing. But by having us in there, we will also be looking at all the components. And this is where that second sober look at all the, the, the different components of the house can uncover little things that can be very inexpensive and very easy to deal with when they're at their infancy. As they get, they grow and they become bigger problems, that's when the cost usually starts to escalate or even worse things can happen, right? So that's really the benefit. Um, you know, if you're, if you're somebody that's just a little bit more nervous about purchasing, we will put your mind at ease. Because not only do we offer the inspection itself and, and the advice during, we keep offering that advice throughout the life of that purchase. So once you move in, you have a problem, you call us. We may not run down for every little thing, but with technology videos and pictures and things like that, we usually can give you a very good idea of what direction to take that in. And if I have to, I will come back. I did it this week, myself and another inspector to a job that one of my guys had done. And again, I often want to make sure that that we're doing things properly, but you know, it turns out the client was doing something that was creating the problem. And by dealing with it right now, we have avoided them from having to do major renos down the road to deal with the problem that they didn't know they were causing. They thought it was something else. So that's really the benefit of a home inspection is that you're going to get that continual education that I think is necessary. Because like I said, we keep getting trained. We keep up to date on all the new stuff. And if you're not in that industry, it's going to be hard to. So that's, I, I think, the biggest benefit to, you know, any buyer, whether they're a new home buyer, a seasoned buyer, it could be your last house. There's going to be some changes in technology, in building practices, right? You may even just change areas. You lived in Charleswood and now you want to live in River Heights. Well, they're very, very different soil content, building practices, all that kind of stuff. So it just, it, it helps, again, paint the whole picture for them. Awesome. Well, I'm going to throw uh, your contact info and the company info in the show notes. But before we go, um, I ask every guest this question and I want to hear what you have to say. So this is the Investing to Win podcast. How do you define success and what does winning look like for you? In terms of investing? You know what? It's personally or professionally. It is an open question. I mean, I'll be honest. For me, at the end of the day, if I can come home with a smile on my face, that's a win for me. So I love helping either a new home buyer 
you know, somebody that just maybe wasn't sure about what they were going to purchase. Uh, investors. I love doing investment properties because those are the, those are the, the clients that usually were very apprehensive about having me come in. And once we do one, there's not one that doesn't get done because they now understand that it's not what you think you're getting out of the inspection. It's the peripherals. It's the, it's the color commentary that a lot of times people just didn't have. And and we can make them think about those things. And for a lot of them, they go, you know, I never really thought about it. And I didn't think this was going to be part of the inspection. And, you know, I mean, even the property that we did for you, we got into potentially how to change the floor plan in the basement. And I don't have a problem if, if my ideas get thrown in the garbage. Like to me, that's not the point of this. It's, I want to have you do critical thinking about what it is you really want. And I think sometimes people don't even know. So just to have the conversation is a way to get that out. So winning for me, when I do my job properly, that's a win. I I love the fact that I get Google reviews of people that say, you know, he saved us a ton of money and a ton of headache, or I just understand better now. They both put a smile on my face. And I love what I do. As long as I can keep loving it, then I'm doing it right. Well, your passion definitely comes through. I mean, that is clear. So um, I think there's a lot of people that would wish they could go to work and have that kind of enjoyment and passion out of it. So that's that's great. Congratulations for that. Well, I, I'm, if, if you can find it, I, I agree. It's, it is the funnest thing to it's get up work. in the morning. It's not work, right? And come back and still be happy yeah. to get up the next morning. Well, thanks for coming by. Um, it's been really enlightening. Um, I'd love to have you on the podcast again. There's a whole bunch of different topics of different things and houses that I've just recently discovered. Um, not going to let the cat out of the bag for that because uh, we just, my staff just let me know about something that happened at a house today, but uh, that'll be uh, episode two maybe. But thanks for coming by, Renee. Really appreciate it. Well, I, I thank you for inviting me. I really do enjoy this. And uh, yeah, I hope we can... Uh, All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Investing to Win podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of another investor, take a screenshot and share this podcast episode with them. Investing to Win is not only about helping you to win more, but WIN actually stands for Wise Investors Network. It's where we help our investors build a hands-off portfolio and have passive investments work for them. To catch the show notes for this episode and see how you can potentially partner with us, go to www.upperedgecapital.com and click on Invest With Us to learn more. Once again, the link is www.upperedgecapital.com. All links can be found in the description below. Until next time.